on Samech on Pei Dalet. On the middle of MS. First, the motto. Al toisi mi picho, a filodiber cal, shein libcho meid lecho, alamitosa mikolsa. Do not let issue from your mouth even the smallest expression that your mind. The heart did not testify that it's absolutely true. Refrain from saying anything which you're not absolutely sure that is so. Because then you are bordering on the issue of falsehood. Now the Torah says, Midvar Shekha Tirchok. You have to keep far away from Shekha. Is not only you shouldn't say Shekha, but you should do things to prevent you from falling into Shekha. Now, there are many reasons why people are lured into Shekha. One is a desire to be interesting. And so when they tell a certain thing that happened, in order to make it more impressive, they add details that were not there. They had stories to the incident that didn't take place. Now, you might say, what harm is there? You're not taking money from anybody. You're not cheating people in anything. Still, this man is embarked in the direction of being false. I said, Midrash Shekhar Tzilchok, have to keep away from that too. Even though no harm is involved, not to say anything that's not true. In addition to the the interest that he makes, makes it more interesting, sometimes people wish to make themselves more important in the eyes of the fellow man. And so, they relate things that they did with a little bit of embellishment. And that, of course, is not true. as ever on the Lashagat Also, when there's a quarrel, a scene between husband and wife, and she comes and tell the, the psychologist or the rabbi who is involved her side of the story. And she told all kinds of exaggerations that make her side seem to be acceptable that she is doing a very big sin. First of all, to harm to her husband. She's blackening his name. She's not telling the truth about her own faults. And besides that, she's acquiring the derech of saying shaka. 
And then in the souls is a blemish on the neshama. Sometimes a person wishes to impress people with the necessity to do something. Wants to tell them what could happen if they would not listen to his advice. So he invents stories that happen to people who did not obey his advice. Now, although the intention certainly is benevolent, wants to warn people away from something, nevertheless, by adding incidents or even details that didn't happen, this man is doing a sin. Now, the Swarim say that Emes is not merely a question of doing something right or wrong. It's a question of the foundations of a person's character. If a person is an honest person, then he thinks honestly. Everything he does is true. If a person is dishonest, he speaks falsehood, even though he didn't cheat people. He's not true to himself either. He deceives himself. So let's say, he's standing Yom Kippur saying, al and he's hitting his breast with his hand, not even thinking what he's saying. The thinking, very superficial. That's not true. He's not saying the truth. I'm sorry. He's not sorry. He's just saying the words in the Siddha, and he thinks it doesn't apply to him at all. Only the Fumju, he wants to say it anyhow. If he thinks into it, he would discover that it does apply to him. He's deceiving himself. And this self-deception is many times a source of all kinds of corruption of character. If people aren't honest with themselves, they give themselves justification, alibis. Some people don't work. You alibis why they don't work. Some people don't learn. Who comes to shul, you alibis why they don't come. Some people are not attending morning meeting. You reason why they don't come. All kinds of alibis that people invent to justify themselves. Now, everybody is doing it. It's natural for a person to speak in his own behalf. And if another each emes, you're going to deceive yourself always and never be able to find the truth. Now, if somebody tells him the truth about him, then, if it's ish emes, he listens. He may be hurt, but he says, it's true, and I'll do something about it. Not an ish emes, so he's offended. That's his reaction. And you never see him again. But he's not interested in the emes. He's interested in only things that make him feel happy. And the emes causes him a certain amount of distress, then you're not the person he wants to talk to. And that happens with most people. You cannot tell them 
a criticism unless you're willing to lose their company, their friendship. Even if you'll make a hagdomit to say, I know you're a good man, you have good qualities, everything is all right, just one little thing, I think I can correct in you. Immediately, he bristles, is ready to stand in a opposition to you. A little thing, he listen to you, it may not make an open revolt against you, but in his heart, he does not appreciate what you're saying. Now this, the emes, is you say the anevish, is a very important factor in finding out who we are. Because the time will come when every man will come before the Bezdin Shomayla. And I call the Zibora who will then tell him what he is. That will be a tremendous experience. Like the Gemara said, Oy lono ve'yoyim hadin, O lono ve'yoyim atochecha. Whoa, the day of judgment. And he told each man, as he is exactly, then what will he say? He'll be stunned. Like the brothers of Jesus. When they sold him, they deceived themselves into thinking they were justified. They weren't false people, but they weren't perfectly honest either. They were displeased with him because the father gave him a saintless passing showed him special privilege and because Jesus had the habit of telling the father of the wrong things that they did and so they were prejudiced against him that was the reason that they wanted to get rid of him they persuaded themselves the reason was because he was a novice he had dreams that his family is bowed down to him in the Vue. And I told them, you tell us your foolish dreams? And you think you're a novice? And a person like that is a peril to the family, a novice And someday, when the father died, he might even try to get rid of us in order to take over all the family property. And so to rescue the family from this dangerous fellow, they said, we have to get rid of ourselves. Now, all that is based on dishonesty. Had they been honest, they would have recognized what their real motives were. And therefore, and the time will come when Yosef, who was then known to them only as the Mishnah Lamela, and Yosef said, Ani Yosef, in Los Angeles, and the brothers discovered that this man with the mission of the mouth whom they had bowed down was Yosef they couldn't answer him they were overwhelmed they were dumbfounded now they saw how wrong they had been that he was a true nothing he had foretold that they would bow down and they had bowed down to him at that moment the world turned black to them they saw how wrong they had been. And they couldn't say a word. And therefore, the Chochem said, 
says like this, only with the youngest brother. And older brothers are usually not bashful to a younger brother. Still, when he said, Ani Yesef, you're so dumbfounded, he couldn't answer. Then what will we answer on the Yom Adim and Hashem will tell each one of us who we are? Tell us the truth about ourselves. And that's why it's important for a person to be a man of truth. And among the lessons of truth is a lesson of knowing who you are. Now sometimes people tell you, pay no attention. Your wife may tell you, pay no attention. But you are not in the mood to hear any criticism. This is only not the truth, only being happy. And therefore that person is going to make the most fearsome mistake in his life. The mistake of not recognizing who he really is. Pay Dalit. On the subject of MS, which we already began. As was mentioned before, Abena Yena Sharai Shuba states, MS Miyusoide Hanefesh. It's one of the foundations of a person's soul. Soul and character. Although it is listed here as one of the midas, the desirable midas that we should try to acquire, it's not merely one of the midas. Actually, MS is the world attitude. Do you look at the world with MS or not? Included in the world is yourself. Do you look at yourself with MS? As was mentioned, most people, I would say everyone, doesn't know the truth about himself because the truth is an ideal that you have to labor to attain. Like he says here, you have to train yourself to the truth. For instance, when you tell of an episode that happened in the street that you saw while you were walking, and we come back and you tell the story, if you relate it with additions that were not actually so, then you are departing from the endless. Even though you do it in order to make it more interesting, more dramatic, still it's called not endless. Although no harm is being done, it's not a matter of deceiving somebody in business or in other things. Nevertheless, by perverting the truth, you're perverting your character. That's why the Torah said, Midvar Shekha Tirchak. You should keep far away from Shekha. Not only you shouldn't say Shekha, keep far away. You have to train yourself to be pure of Shekha, which is not easy. It means work, which we all have to do in order to attain an honesty in outlook on all the things that we see in life. Now, even regarding HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu 
although he is concealed from us, yet it is our duty to form a concept of Akkadish Baruch And the concept is what the Kodesh Baruch Hu has encouraged us to get. Whether it's true or not, we have to have a certain concept of Kodesh Baruch However, if the concept is modeled according to our desires, then it's certainly not true. For instance, if a person acquires the attitude of Kodesh Baruch Hu, is not always insistent, is willing to yield, that already is a very big error. is willing to yield, you're making an error. Every detail our Kodesh Baruch Hu listens to and hears and sees and he insists it should be in accordance with what he desires. Now, if a person gets the idea that our Kodesh Baruch is not always looking, it may sound queer, ridiculous when you think logically. But that's how very many people are thinking. Hashem is not looking at me right now. Now the truth is, he is looking all the time. And you have to work to gain that emis. That's why you sit in your house, you should look at the mezuzah frequently. The mezuzah is a simon, I call this brother, looking at you, as if the mezuzah had been planted in order to hear your words or to photograph your deeds. No question I call this is looking at you every second of your life. Even when you're dressing and undressing, the Paschim say, don't expose your body unnecessarily. So you say, well, it's dark. Nobody can see me in the dark. No, I call this brother who can see in the dark too. You have to train yourself to feel that Hashem is looking. And therefore, you have to cover yourself up. The truth is, Hashem looks into our thoughts. He knows what they're thinking. That's even more difficult. Train yourself to the emiss that Hashem is watching our minds. And even though we don't say anything wrong or do anything wrong, but if we think thoughts that our Kodesh Baruch doesn't approve, you have to know he sees everything. Or you think thoughts that he does approve, he sees that and he approves. That's why the media we spoke about Hatsnei Alechas, Hatsnei Alechas is very important. Hatsnei Alechas means he walks secretly with Hashem. With him there are no secrets. So if secretly you are Secretly you think of loving Hashem. Secretly you think, I wish to conform to all the duties that Hashem imposed upon me. Secretly you're thinking that. Secretly you're thinking, how grateful I am to Hashem, all that He did to me. 
Secretly, you think, I love my people, Yisrael, like Hashem loves Am Yisrael. Many noble thoughts. Nobody hears it, nobody sees it. You get no credit. However, you get most credit because I call this Borohu is seeing it. And that kind of emas we have to nourish in our minds. We have to nurture, we have to plant it, and keep on watering it with intention and thinking more and more truth. That the, the emas of Hashem is always looking. Also, another emas, you never get away with something. There always is retribution. Always there's going to be some kind of payment for your deeds. And even though you may think that you have avoided any kind of penalties, whatever you did, you should know it's going to come. If it doesn't come in this world, you're worse off. You're better off if it happens in this world. Because you wait to the next world, then it's terrible. When the retribution is visited in the next world, it's terrible. Indescribable. Now, this is certainly one of the emissions that people don't think about. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to pay back. Even though he didn't hasten to bring retribution, but did not forgotten. There's no such thing as forgiven for nothing. He doesn't forgive for nothing. Of course, if there's proper tshuva, that's a different story. Otherwise, Hashem doesn't forgive and doesn't forget. That's all part of the emes. Now, therefore, emes is not merely a good meter, like here in this Sefer. You should speak emes, not exaggerate, which is very good. But that's only the beginning of the career for this very great world attitude. Because the whole Torah stands on Emmas. And there are people who wandered away from the Torah, and they said, well, I call this Baruch who didn't want to be so strict to this thing, and the time has changed, he's willing to go along and be mindful. That's what the reformers said at the beginning. At the end, they threw away everything. Because he followed the media of not Emmas. Not Emmas can lead a person into the very worst. And that's where they landed today. Let's say you have the whole confidence of reform rabbis, passed a resolution that same-sex marriages should be performed by their so-called clergy. Now that's a perversion of the very lowest kind. It's one of the worst forms of wickedness in the world. How can the people fall so low, become morally so criminally perverted? Answer so is, once you start going away from the Emmas, at the beginning they said, the Torah is not petrified, not like the Orthodox, they're petrified. The Torah is something of life, living, and therefore it conforms to life. As time has changed, I call this who yields. After a while, they don't need that college war anyway to push them out of the picture entirely. And all morality is destroyed. Every kind of wickedness becomes legal. Because if once a man starts on the career of Shekha, then there's no end how far he can go.
And so, the, again, the Midah of Emes is not just a Midah. It's a world outlook. whose seal is Emes. That's his seal. That's his signature, Emes. When you start thinking about all the false religions that are based on men who were terrible liars, terrible liars. How did they become such liars? They imagined that they were given prophecy, they imagined miracles. Nobody was there to see the miracles. They tell us what happened in their tents, or maybe one witness or two witnesses, irreputable people, bad reputation. Not like the army soil couldn't deceive anybody because everything happened in the presence of two million people. Well, ain't they call you soil? The whole time, all the ever incidents in the Torah, all the wonderful things that happened, happened in the presence of call you soil. Yeah, call her home. My you call her constantly, constantly. In Machlech Zukerah, the whole congregation saw how the earth opened up its mouth. Everybody saw the moon came down every day for 40 years. Everybody saw the Anamik covered. So these things were not matters of belief. They were open. That's why I was mentioning here already that you don't find in the Torah any kind of condemnations of disbelievers. But how though? In their books, the Quran, New Testament, it's full of curses, constantly curses and curses and curses on those who disbelieve. Because it was uh, understood that people would disbelieve. But in the Torah, nobody disbelieved. We don't find a single case where the Rishoyim were blamed for disbelieving. They were blamed for doing wrong things. But for disbelieving, not a single case in the whole Tanakh. Because nobody could disbelieve what was done in the presence of millions of people. The entire Jewish nation testified to that. And so it began with Shekhar. These people began thinking that they are important people. And at first they thought they had good ideas of their own. They were jealous of the Jews and wanted to make for themselves their own ways. I saw inventing ideas and theories in order to discredit the Torah. And finally, we fell into the worst error of thinking that they are noble people, holy people, and they are prophets. And therefore, the world is full of shakhanim. The whole world is full of falsehood. All the priests of the idol worships in, in India in China, all of them are liars. All the priests, all the uh, doctors of divinity, all over the world are shakonim. Of course, some of them are brought up in the Shekha. They were born in it. But it started out with going away from the Emes. And so we see, Am Yisrael holds to its Emes. They don't yield. What we call ultra-orthodox is being the plain Ordinary, loyal Jew, that's the ultra-Orthodox. He holds forever and ever to his emes. Hashem Elohim, emes. Who will love the emes? Vain achar emes kameyo. And that's why emes, ben yinah said, mi soydi ha-nefesh. 
is the foundation of the soul. Pay dollars in the media of MS. <coughs> As was mentioned before, Abena Yoyna Shari Tshuva said that Emes is Miyusoyde HaNefesh, is one of the foundations of the Neshama, on foundation of a person's entire personality. It's not just a Mide, no matter how important all the Mides are, but Emes is a fundamental participant in everything the person does. All these actions are affected by the media of MS. It was explained already. Now it says, MS Kenai the Al Tim says the Mishnah. You should buy, you should acquire the MS, but don't sell it. Now, acquire MS, that's one command, and don't sell is another command. So the first command is, we have to acquire MS. You have to gain MS. Don't have it by nature. You must learn MS. Now, the real MS is two kinds. The MS of the Torah and the MS of the cycle. Emes of the Torah is available to people who learn. If you learn, you'll find out very, very many things of which you are not aware, or you were faintly aware, didn't know how important they are. By learning Torah, you acquire Emes. Those alone tell us Emes. That's the source from which we draw our most of our possessions called emes. There's another source that's Loma Liko Svarahu. Why do you need a Pusik if it's something that your common sense tells you? Not our common sense. Our common sense is corrupted already. It's spoiled by the environment, all the falsehood and wickedness of the nations have polluted the atmosphere. Just like today, we have a cellular phone, you stand in the street without a wire, and your message goes through the air. Right now, tens of thousands of messages are filling the atmosphere. Same as tens of thousands of falsehoods are circulating in the world, in the air. It's not easy to fight back today. But in the ancient times, before the world became so corrupted, there were men who were able to guess, to surmise what the real emiss is by means of their seichel. Avraham Avinu was one. He discovered Akkadish Borahu with his seichel. He saw that the whole universe is full of plan and purpose and testified to the Beirai. He discovered many of the ways of Hashem, what our Kodesh Bola would want us to do, 
and he used his mind to calculate by reason all these great principles. Very many principles that we don't mention today because they're included in the Emes of the Torah. But Avraham Avinu was a man who used the Seichel to get Emes. Of course, after him came his son Yitzchok who walked in his footsteps and Yankil also. Other great men. So there are two stories of Torah. Torah Hashem and the Emes Hashem put in our cycle. Both come from Hashem. Now you have to acquire. You don't have it. Emes can I go out and buy it? You buy it by expenditure of efforts. You must put in time gaining Emes. Let's say you go to a certain shul where the love speaks. You never come to hear him speak. Then where will you get Amos? From the newspapers? You won't get anything but falsehood there. From the conversation here on the street, in places of work, you won't hear the Amos. Especially some people listen to the radio and also to TV. There's no question. Their heads are full of the opposite of Amos. So even though you're not corrupting your mind by these wicked influences, but still you don't have the Amos. You have to acquire Amos. You have to learn Svarim. You have to learn Chumash properly. You have to learn the Gemara. You have to learn Shulchan Aruch. You have to learn Musa Svarim. And very many of them. And little by little, you acquire a store of Emmas. Emmas tonight, you must work hard to get Emmas. And people are not working hard to get Emmas. They're doing a favor if sometimes they allow the Emmas to trickle into their minds. But how can the Emmas have much chance of survival if it's together in their minds all kinds of garbage that contradicts the Emmas? The Emmas don't have much of a chance of survival. And therefore, a person who wants to be a man who is fulfilling his purpose in life, Emma's Knei, make it a business to pursue Emma's. Find all the ideas that you can. Learn all that you can from your teachers, from your Svarim. All that you get from the Torah. Don't use your own cycle because you don't have it. But use the cycle of the Rishenim, of the Kadmonim, the cycle of the Tanoim, yes. Even the Chayvah Salvavis, Rambam, and uh, others, their Seychel are a great Seychel. And therefore, Emes Knei. Second is Al Tinker. Don't sell your Emes. No matter what, don't yield your principles. That's also not easy. Hold on to your Emes. You have many people who learn some Emes. But they're constantly trading it in for Shekha. For the sake of a little Hanifa that they'll get from the Rishoyim, they're willing to yield to the Rishoyim. Even by not speaking up against the Rishoyim, that's called yielding. You're selling your evidence. If you're a man of evidence, you have to speak up against what you see wicked things being done in the world. Especially with things done in the Jewish community, wicked things. Sometimes in the Flum community, wicked things are being done. You have to speak out and protest against it. 
ultimate, don't sell your emes. Everybody's telling you, don't sell your emes. Many times, for sake of convenience. Don't want to work too hard, fighting, getting in quarrels with people. So you decide to keep quiet. Now, keeping quiet is a very good thing. Excellent. But not when it comes to the emes. You see big obelisks being done. Some big obelisks are being done. There are big injustices to the Torah in the Orthodox community. They have to speak up and protest against it. And they have ultimately, don't sell the emes. It's a very important principle. Now, when a man knows that's his function in, war, in life, emes kenei, life is for the purpose of gaining emes, there's not much time. There's so much work. How young cross a life is too short. And so we have no time to waste. Never get a chance. Gain more Amos. Listen. Listen to the words of the Chachamim. Look in this forum. As much as possible. Let us fill all the chambers of your mind. It's so important to make it a function of your life to be a person's Redif Acharho Amos. Now, when we speak about that principle, we have to know it will affect our entire character. Because when you deal with people, if you're not an ish emes, you are always right, and they're always wrong. And that's, in most cases, the case. In most instances, that's the case. People are always right, the other one is always wrong. And that causes a great deal of friction in the world. Not only between husband and wives, constantly. Both are right, and both are wrong, of course. But among others, too. So we have to know that by following Emmas, many times you realize how wrong you are. Many times you realize the other party may be not so wrong, as you say. And little by little, you come to equilibrium, able to judge more clearly the truth of your stance and the truth of his stance. And so, enemies is very important in the relationship with little Chavea, between one and other people. Also between us and Hashem. When people do sins and they excuse themselves, they try to deceive our Kodesh Baruch they're not enemies with Hashem. Try to say nothing wrong in the way we did it, our intentions were right, didn't mean any harm, and so on. I called this brother who said, Look, there's an emiss, and you cannot manipulate the emiss just because you have it more convenient for you to go to the other extreme. No, and therefore. It's been Odom Lamokin. Emes is a very important function. A person should be able to admit all his wrongs to Hashem. That means he says, I'll hate and bangs his chest. But he should understand what he did wrong. And everybody will look. Everybody will succeed in finding something wrong. Everybody, without exception. Baruch Hu Yan lo eman tenbi. Aishah ben was perfect. Why did Hashem blame him? 
as an example. He said, no, nobody in this world is perfect. No human being is perfect. And that Mishra Rabbeinu, you surely are very far from perfect. And if you look, you'll find. And you have to learn that emes to admit where do you have faults and try to remedy your faults. That's part of the emes.
that table and the subject is called precious <coughs> precious means abstinence to hold back from doing certain things that you might like to do In the Mesilus Yeshorim, he lists the various degrees or rungs in the ladder that goes up to perfection. It starts from Zahiras, Azrizis, and so on. And one of the steps is precious. It means, in order for a person to aspire to more excellence of character, he has to spend a certain amount of effort on learning to control his appetites, his desires. In general, we know that it says, Kedoshim Tihiyu, you should be holy. It's in Mitzvah the Torah. So it's stated in Teresh of Alper, Prushim Tihiyu. You should be abstainers. Of course, that itself does not make a man holy. But it's one of the qualities that a Kodesh has to have. And we're all a holy nation. So we're all expected to some extent to learn self-control. Now the truth is, <clears throat> the entire Torah has that as one of its purposes. Besides all the reasons for the mitzvahs, one reason is that we should gain the excellence of not being able to do whatever we wish. Because the Torah says no. Even little children are taught to obey the dinim of the Torah. It's a tremendous excellence. The Gentiles don't have that. They can do anything. Our people live by laws, the Torah laws. Certain things you cannot eat. Very great restriction. Can eat all kinds of fish, all kinds of animals, only certain ones, and then they have to have shchita and all other preparations to make them kosher, and can eat milk and meat together, and in addition, the chachomim added more restrictions. They are born in very many things. The Jewish nation is hedged in on all sides with walls and fences. But the regular Orthodox Jew is accustomed to it. He doesn't feel that he's being restricted. That's a way of life that he is happy to conform to. But the outside world doesn't have that. 
And that's why the outside world is prone to fall into all kinds of troubles, like narcotics. A gentle boy. He had no reason to say no to himself. He never practiced saying no. And when narcotics are being offered to him, that's why he says, why not? Then he becomes hooked. A Jewish child has a custom of saying no to himself. Can't eat that. You can't eat this. So one more no. He won't touch narcotics. It's easy for him. It's a perfection of character. Able to say no to yourself. People who can never say no to themselves are a danger to society and their lives are always in trouble. Which really happens. Am Yisrael, the holy people, the total protection for many sorrows, illnesses, problems, because they're able to refrain from doing what's wrong. It says in Pirkei Ovis, Aseret Tzorno Kir Tzornecha. Do Hashem's will as if it was your own will. Which means, get accustomed to the idea that what Hashem wants of you, that's exactly what you desire. Not you're doing it against your will because you want to conform to the Torah. You're doing it willingly. You're happy to do His will as if it were your own will. Of course, it takes time to learn that. But that's the ideal that this mimer sets forth for us. I say it so no, yes or no. Make His will like your own will. For instance, people who are trained by this have an instinct not to talk Loshan Hora because they control themselves. They learn to control themselves. People that are not trained will talk and make all kinds of errors and sins by what they say. Talking Loshan Hora is a very big sin. When the people have no control over their tongues, they're going to fall into trouble. And therefore, make his will like your will. Train yourself. Whatever it says in the Torah, you do willingly. Of course, the firm Jew usually has that attitude. Does willingly. Doesn't even think twice. Certainly. A little boy spent a quarter on a piece of candy. And he brings a piece of candy to me, ask me, Rabbi, is the candy kosher, ask me? I said, I don't see any UO, I don't see any OK, I don't see any Hechshara, I can't say it's kosher. A little boy take that candy and throws it in the wastebasket. Doesn't ask any question. He's a hero. He has his principles. Doesn't want to eat something that's not kosher. You know, it's his last quarter, he doesn't care. The Jewish nation is a holy nation. We're proud of ourselves. Now, Kodesh loves us for that. Kedoshim to you, be Kodesh, be Prushim. 
have self-control. <coughs> now, <coughs> when it comes to things that are harmful for us to eat, for instance, we surely should have self-control. Because I call this Baruchot, doesn't want us to harm ourselves. If a person knows you're going to eat sugary things, and he won't be able to brush his teeth after that, to go to sleep with sugar between his teeth, his teeth will decay during the night time. That's for his benefit to eat that. Unless he wants to rinse his mouth with water until he gets rid of the sugar. Or other things that are harmful for people to eat. Very important to learn self-control when it comes to proper diet. But even if it's not harmful, I know a case of a certain man who never allowed any delicate testing in his house. Delicate testing is especially made appetizing by extra spices added, condiments. If he ate meat, ate meat, and it was ordinarily made a certain amount of taste in the meat. But to make it especially spicy and tasty like delicatessen, that's a weakness. It's yielding to the desires. So this man, I know a true story, never allowed any delicatessen in his house. I know another man, when his wife handed him the desserts, so he tasted the desserts as very good, and he pushed it away. And the people were there... And he wondered why he pushed it away. It's very good. Later they discovered from his wife that was his practice. He was training himself in self-control. Dessert is very good. That's why he can get along, he can get along without it. No harm in eating it. But he wanted the benefit of self-control. And that's what this safer is talking about now. Learning to teach yourself self-control as much as possible. In what? In many things. Self-control in eating, self-control in talking, many other things. Clicious means to abstain from unnecessary things, unnecessary travel. People spend thousands of dollars on travel, back and forth and back and forth. Thousands so Israel, to California, always traveling. It's a tremendous amount of money. And I call his brother says, if you have extra money... Why don't you give it to Zaka? Plenty of poor people need that money. And you're wasting it on traveling. On good times. You can get good times without traveling. You have to have self-control. Not to waste money unnecessarily. Now, when you talk about this subject, you have to know it's one of the steps to the la on the ladder of perfection. You keep a certain amount of interest in this subject and train yourself, little by little, your entire personality is improving. You're going higher and higher on the Madrigas of Kedusha. I'm not saying you should become a Kurdish. You should deny yourself all kinds of enjoy. Sometimes a person, when he's depressed, he's despondent, he needs a little pickup. Eat ice cream then, 
no harm. It is something to restore his spirits. But ordinarily, a person does not need anything. He can train himself. When it comes to superfluous things, he doesn't participate. If he wants to teach himself how to live a life of self-control. Is there who giver? Akavish es Yitzchak. Who is a hero? With a mighty man? The person that can restrain his desires. That's called a hero in the eyes of Hashem. In the eyes of the Gentiles, the hero is a weakling. He has big muscles. He can cause trouble to other people by hitting them, but he cannot control himself. And that's why the heroes get into trouble. All kinds of troubles. Because they follow their desires. And they're trapped. They're weaklings. The real hero is the Orthodox Jew. He's trained himself from his childhood to abide by the laws of the Torah. Shabbos is a hero. So many restrictions, Shabbos. Even little boys and little girls obey the laws of Shabbos. They train themselves from the earliest childhood. And we are called a holy nation. No question about it. We have to be proud of our nation, our holy people. Now, Gentiles have the attitude of doing whatever they want. That's why they're science store windows in order to attract the younger generation. Just do it. It means whatever you want to do. That's the most, ter most terrible advice you can give. Here's a Gentile boy sitting at his window. See the person walking by in the street? So from his window, he shoots a BB gun at the person. A Jewish boy wouldn't do such a thing uh, from a Jewish boy. Able to control himself. Shooting a BB gun at a person. That's a crime. Gentiles don't think about that. Even white Gentiles. Black Gentiles have even more lack of self control. Blacks and the Hispanics have no self control at all. That's why so many of them are dying from narcotics and from AIDS. All the sicknesses. Don't have any self control. And so we say, He created us for His glory. He set us apart from all those nations that are lost or wandering off. And therefore, even if He didn't become a Talmud Chacham, if He didn't do any positive commandments, if only you refrain from doing wrong things, that itself is a big perfection. That's why you don't say a bracha in the morning, Shiosani Yisrael. Thank Hashem, He made you a Yisrael. Oh, that's a very big thing. No, not that. Shiosani Goy, just not to be a Goy. That's alone. as a very great happiness. A Goy is a Hefka person. But a person without any restrictions. It's like a wild animal. That's what a Goy is. Never learned anything. Is a Jewish boy. He sits in the cheder all day and he shiv all day long. He's learning. What is he learning? He's learning. If you find somebody's lost object, you have to pick it up and look for the owner. 
someone can't find the owner, you have to hold on to it until you finally find the owner. And you learn all those laws. Not easy to learn the dinim. Learn all those laws of Hashavah Saveda. Anything like this in organizations? The Mohammedans have such things for their you? The Christians have such things? Nobody in the world thinks of that. I'm just sort of teaching their boys how to behave. Jewish boys are taught, Bobby Kama, to break somebody's window, you have to pay. Suppose you didn't want to break it by accident, you broke it. A Jewish boy knows. Pesach, Tachat, Pesach, Chayim, Shegi, Kimmezit. In this course, even though you didn't want to break it, you have to pay. Gentiles doesn't enter their minds, pay. Find people, ignorant people, well dressed people, have plenty of money, walking in the street by a fruit stand, they take off fruits and eat them. I watched me take an apricot and eat it, and not pay for it. They sample peanuts, don't pay for them. And that's stealing. Doesn't occur to them. Jewish boys know. Yes, old putter, stealing a putter. They're afraid. They keep back from doing such things. It's a holy nation. So we have to understand it's very important for us to teach our children the Torah. When they learn all the restrictions of the Torah, they get accustomed to the idea that other people's property is their property. And you can't do any injury to somebody's property. It's a very great thing to learn that. And as you and I'm all that's sometimes can cause a great damage to somebody. I say, well, I didn't mean it. I didn't intend to do it. No, my friend, who cares? You didn't intend to do it, but you did it. And you have to pay if you learn. And so, when you learn in this safer, a program of training yourself in certain good things, one of the certain things that he proposes we should practice once every four, four times every year, a week each time, a week each time, four times a year, to work on the meat of fishes. A very great form of gaining perfection in the eyes of Hashem. Sadi base. The top line. The Ashray Lodum Zohir. Fortunate is a careful person. His carefulness has become a permanent habit. Now, we're talking here about Zahiras. The word Zahar, everybody knows, means brilliance. Zahiras means cautious, careful. Now, that's you connect the two words together, as it is, when a person is cautious, his mind is illuminated. He thinks what he's doing. 
Otherwise, the Ksil Bachosha Chayla. The Ksil walks in darkness. Without thinking. Unfortunately, that's how most people are. They walk without thinking. However, the person who assumes a career of self-perfection makes it a point to train yourself to think about what he's doing. And therefore, he's a Zohir, his mind is illuminated. And he can avoid many pitfalls into which other people unfortunately fall. To discover any fault in his character traits. Now, everybody has faults. No question about it. Although most people are not aware or they're charitable and they look at their faults with a compassionate view, make it smaller than it is, with others, see him as he really is. People don't understand that in the eyes of the other people, they have recognizable faults. Maybe they will never recognize the faults that others see in him. But the man is a thinking man, attempts to discover his faults. All this sakna business. And to be a man of alacrity in improving himself. Now, you won't do this unless you learn these forms. These forms constantly remind us of things that we have to do to improve ourselves. You're not saying about being a great tzaddik or doing things that are extreme piety, no. Even things such as refraining from speaking hurtful words or words that are a Russian horror about other people that requires a certain amount of caution. When you speak, you're thinking what you're saying. Here's a man, true man, gave an interview to a newspaper. A man from a newspaper. He was so happy that they interviewed him that his tongue was loosened. And he said, Orthodox men may not beat their wives as much as the unorthodox. When it comes to verbal abuse, they're even worse. That Orthodox men verbally abuse their wives more than others. That's a terrible thing to say. This man has a big beard, his pictures in the newspaper. I don't want to tell him anything, he'd be terribly angry at me. But such an open Hashem to make a declaration, especially in the irreligion, irreligion newspaper, because wasn't careful. He didn't learn how to be careful. You have to watch your words. Especially when you're talking to enemies. To reporters from your religious newspaper have to watch your words. 
Now, in the coalition newspaper that I with it, they mentioned that incident. They speak about that incident. Now, people can cause a lot of harm by not being careful. You can save yourself a great deal of distress. But even without the consideration of saving yourself in trouble, any person who wishes to make progress in life must make it a principle to be in contact with this volume that reminds us of character faults. At first, it doesn't occur to us that he's talking to us. Yes, we agree. Other people have a character faults. It takes a long time, but eventually it starts occurring to us maybe that we are the ones he's talking about. And then it begins to enter your mind. That's a big advantage to learn these five. And we're going to learn Lenetherin tomorrow on with the kindness of Rabbi Milanowski donated the Svorim Orchis Sadik a Sefer called The Ways of the Sadikin. It's a big Sefer and it'll give us tremendous amount of practical information. It's the Ways of Sadikin. Now as we read these ways we should know that he's talking to each one of us. And we should think, do these words apply to me? After a while, people get the habit of being careful. A habit is a great gift, and it's a great troublemaker. It states in the Gemara that if people die without Kavana, they bring upon themselves heavy penalties in Rashamaya. Like it says in the passage, Ya Niga Shomazeh, these people approach to me in prayer, Bithiv Ubisfos of Kibduni, with their mouth and their lips they honored me. The Libri Rochakne, but their mind is far away from me. Lochain, therefore He I'm going to bring upon these people remarkable things. So you want to say this worse than the Tehachah. The Tehachah says, But to living with habits, it's a half fellow, even worse. More than the Tehachah. So we see that habit is a great enemy. But we have the habit of saying things, the Kriyashma, without thinking. It's a great loss. Standing before the king, I call this Bolahu, and you're acting like you're talking to him, your mind is wandering away. That's very disrespectful. However, habit is one of the great allies in life. When you try to gain good qualities, like for instance, you train yourself to think, especially in the first Bolahu, every word little by little becomes a habit and you become accustomed to thinking what you're saying. The first book is very important, every word. Sometimes it continues to expand in other books. But by habit, a person learns to adopt with cover and it changes his life. All his life, he adopts now, 
talking to Akkadish Baruch, not talking in your sleep like people usually don't. Now, when a person starts a habit of training himself in good character, it's going to gain a tremendous benefit. But habit is one of the great inventions of Akkadish Baruch. By doing things over and over again, we become so well adjusted to good things, it becomes a blessing, a blessing for us. That's why it says, Ashley Ho is happy as a man that his Zihirus, his carefulness, became a Helgold Tmini, a permanent habit. And it's possible, yes. People can be very careful all their lives. It doesn't mean that you're lacking happiness, you're going to disturb your mind. Not the contrary, no. If it's a habit, it comes easy. It comes easy to be careful what you say. It comes easy to think only well of people. It takes time. You have to think well of people. But you train yourself. As far as you look at people, and you're always looking for their faults. After a while, the whole congregation are nothing but people with faults. This has definitely their faults on all sides. But you keep on looking at them and thinking of their good qualities, and they do have good qualities. No question about it. Every decent observant Jew has good qualities. The fact they have self-control, they have the house that's kosher, it keeps Sarah and Mishpocha, all kinds of good qualities. Keep Shabbos. And therefore, after a while, we begin to look at people charitably, kindly, and you seek all the good in them. Now that's a very good habit you get. But it has to be a habit. It doesn't happen all at once. And happy is the man that does that. Now, he's speaking about looking for faults in yourself. People who train themselves to think about themselves. Once in a while, some people do it on a regular basis. We one Gentile. Every Saturday night, he told his family, I'm going to be alone for a while. A Gentile, a true story. Every Saturday night, he sat alone by for a while, and he thought about himself. And that's a wonderful example for everybody. You have a few minutes once a week, thinking about yourself, it's a tremendous achievement. But in addition to that, even if you don't do that, learning this far, it becomes a habit after a while. It's repeated again and again, all this for him, the great principles of proper behavior, that alone makes it a habit to you. And therefore, learning this for him changes a person. At first, you don't notice it. One time, what does it mean? And people don't come. They look down on it. They say, what is the time? Just talk. One man says, only inspirational talk. Inspirational talk is what we need. It's more than inspirational talk. It's actual information, too. But even inspirational talk is what we need. We need to be inspired constantly, and after a while, inspiration sticks. It remains permanently. And that's a very good 
principal Lenny Musa's farm, Musa's farm, on a gold mine. That's why tomorrow, Musa said, starting a career of Olga Sadiq, it'll take a long time. And we're going to say every word. Everybody ought to participate and repeat every word of the Machaba. And no question, something will sink in. Okay, you won't be the same. We'll be making a CM on that safe, Yosasha.